Thanks so much for joining us and for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. Our hope as you listen in is that you might encounter Jesus, hear and receive his love, and be encouraged and empowered by his spirit to be and bring life and love to one another and to the other in your world. If you would like to get in touch with us or keep up to date with what's happening in and through the life of Steeple Church, please jump onto our website at steeplechurch.com.au or follow us on the socials via Facebook or Instagram at steeple.church. We're looking forward to meeting you one day soon, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. Bless your fam. Good morning, Steeple Church. It's Daniel here once again. It's my privilege today to share some thoughts with you around the word of God. Today we're continuing our series called Hustle and Flow and for the series Pastor Corey has asked me to share on the topic of spiritual gifts over the next couple of weeks and we're actually launching alongside this, this series a spiritual gifts workshop which is a basic biblical look at spiritual gifts. It looks at the why, the who, the what and the how of this. So you can sign up for that on our website and register. It's going to start in the next couple of weeks and I encourage you, if you want to know more, you can join that workshop. So the next two weeks, we're going to get into it, but if you want to go into greater depth and greater detail and discover your gifts, there is a course alongside this. Um, I just want to acknowledge today that the topic of spiritual gifts can be a little bit um, divisive, depending on your Christian tradition, the church you grew up in, your background. Maybe you feel really comfortable with this kind of topic. Maybe this is something that you haven't been exposed to. Regardless where you are today on that spectrum of belief, let's just open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and to be able to hear His voice um, through His Word and that we'd be open to learning and being transformed. Would you just join me in a short prayer? Father God, I thank you so much that we can come to you this morning as a body of believers that believe in you, that trust in you, and we want to know more about you and your word. Um, And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to to transform us as we we understand you and learn who you are more and more. Would you bring understanding, would you bring uh, wisdom and knowledge, Lord, with what we we learn this morning? And we'd be changed and people who are on fire to serve you in a new way. We thank you so much, Lord, for this time. In your name, amen. Spiritual gifts is a topic which is really, really exciting. I believe that if we can understand what they are, why God gives them, and how to use them, it revolutionizes how we, as God's church, the body of Christ, go about fulfilling all that he has for us. It revolutionizes our everyday life. So lean in as we look at spiritual gifts gifts. But to begin to understand the gifts, we need to understand the concept of God's grace. And one of the fundamental truths of the Christian faith, as you would know, is that as people who believe and follow Jesus Christ, we are recipients of God's grace. And throughout scripture, we see God's grace at work. We see in the Old Testament, God's character is described as gracious as he deals with his chosen people, Israel. In the New Testament, um, we see the example of salvation. We know that we can't save ourselves, but salvation comes because of God's grace towards us. And Paul writes in Titus, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. You and I are recipients of grace. And the primary term for grace in the New Testament is the term charis. And charis conveys the idea of a favorable disposition towards someone. Um, It refers to favor, kindness, goodwill, a gracious deed or gifts. And as people who are recipients of God's grace through Jesus, as people who are saved by grace through faith, you and I are recipients of God's charis, God's grace. And so the link between God's grace 
and spiritual gifts is that the primary term associated with spiritual gifts is charisma. Charisma literally means gift in grace and emphasizes the grace God has towards his people. So from charis, we have charisma. From grace, we have gifts. And charisma appears about 17 times in the New Testament. And half the times it is used to refer to activities of the Spirit as being gracious gifts. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. That first verse, uh, Romans 12, chapter 6, in the New Living Translation says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. In the ESV, which is a bit more... Uh, wooden, a bit more um, aligned with the original Greek, it says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. See, we have different gifts, charisma, according to the grace, charis, given to us by God. Maybe that sounds a bit ethereal to you, so I want to use a bit of an illustration. Can you remember a time when you've received a gift from someone that was completely undeserved and based purely because the giver wanted to give it to you? Can you remember the moment when you were handed that gift, that sense of awe comes over you, and not necessarily because of what the gift is, but because they wanted to give you something? And for me, I look no further than Christmas Day 1998, where a young eight-year-old Daniel wakes up on Christmas morning. I'm a gifts person, so when I wake up for birthdays or Christmas, I'm, I'm a homing missile ready to receive. Can you tell I'm an only child? And I remember going to the lounge and opening this, this like, box. I reckon it was about this big at the time. And um, lo and behold, as I unwrapped it, I realized my parents had gifted me what any eight-year-old boy in 1998 would want, which was an original PlayStation. I think that in that moment I'd become the child equivalent of Jeff Bezos. I had everything I could ever want in the world in the palm of my hands. And this was 1998. This was as good as it gets. And as a child, you have no money. Um, I have no possible way to earn this gift. I can't just get a job and start saving. I don't even know how to buy stuff. What's a credit card? Who knows what that is? But I've just been given this incredible gift. And in that moment, I was a recipient not only of my parents' love, but their grace towards me. I was a recipient of their favor, their kindness, their goodwill. I couldn't earn it, but because of them, I received it. And it's the same with spiritual gifts. God's grace is upon your life and my life, but be and because of that, He gives us spiritual gifts. We don't have to earn them. He gives them freely. We're recipients of spiritual gifts because of His grace. So the question is, what are spiritual gifts? How do we define them? Well, like all great Christian theology, there's no universally accepted definition, unfortunately, um, and there's a bit of debate, but two really good definitions that when we, can, when we look at them in um, totality, give us a really good picture of what spiritual gifts are. The first one 
is this. A spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ according to God's grace for use within the context of the body. That comes from Wagner. The second definition says this. Spiritual gifts are abilities given to individual believers by the Holy Spirit in order to equip God's people for ministry, both for the edification of the church and for God's salvific mission to the world. From Calhoun. I wonder if you've ever considered that God has graciously given you through his Holy Spirit a divine attribute or attributes to equip people for ministry, to edify the body, to bring about God's plan for salvation for humanity. This is an exciting reality. This is game changing for all of us. And this is not for a chosen few. It's not for those who went to Bible college only. This is for every believer. We read that earlier in Romans chapter 12, verse 6a, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. And that includes you. And maybe you've been in church for some time and you just associate grace directly with salvation and put a full stop right there. And so often we're grateful for God's grace. Uh, we have the gift of salvation and we kind of just stop. We join church. We are part of the community, body believers, which is awesome. We join a serve team, we fill a role um, to help out on Sundays, potentially. Maybe you're a part of a connect group and we give our, our tithes and offerings regularly, but maybe we just kind of stop there. I just want to encourage you that spiritual gifts mean that there's so much more for us. There is a new layer to unpack in our experience as the body of Christ. God has supernaturally gifted you to play a significant part in his church and to see his purposes come about as we go out into the world and make disciples. I hope this encourages you. I know I am encouraged by this truth each and every day. So what are the spiritual gifts? Well, there's no universal list um, or agreed upon number of gifts in, in scripture, nor is there one way to view them. No passage um, that has spiritual gifts lists the exact same either. And so there are three scriptures we're going to touch on really, really briefly at a surface level, just to list and discuss in, a, in a, just a small way some of the gifts, but there are more than this. And the first one is the original passage we looked at earlier, which is Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And just in that passage alone, in those two verses, there are seven different gifts. There's prophecy, the ability to um, receive and communicate a message from God, through divinely anointed utterance. There's service, being able to identify unmet needs in a task related to what God is wanting to do and to help those people accomplish those goals. There's teaching, obviously, the ability to communicate effectively to the ministry and relevant health of the body. There's exhortation, the ability to comfort people, to encourage, to console um, that they might feel helped and eased and healed. There's generosity, which goes without saying. There's leadership. There's mercy, the ability to feel empathy for people and respond with compassion that they would know the love of Jesus and feel an alleviation from what they're going through. There's a diversity of gifts. And when you start thinking about a church that actually operates in these, it creates such a beautiful, beautiful, what I'll describe as a patchwork quilt. There is a beautiful uni unity in diversity. 
another passage with, with gifts um, in them is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 to 10. Paul writes, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. So we have wisdom, knowledge, faith, the ability to discern, and with confidence, um, the will and purposes of God for his future and work. And so the ability to, to believe and move forward in something. We have healing, miraculous powers, the, the working of miracles. We see prophecy again. The ability to discern spirits is there too. Speaking in tongues, so speaking in, in languages never learned. And the interpretation of tongues. There are so many gifts and there's not enough scope in just this message to go through them all. And so I want to encourage you that maybe some of those gifts you know you have, but there are others out there. If you want to discover your gifts, join um, our small workshop and let us help you to learn more about those. Obviously, this is just a bird's eye view today. But can you imagine a church where everybody is operating in their gifts? I think that is so exciting. I think if we could be a church that where everyone knows how God has graced them, wow, what is the possibility? What are the limits that, um, that we can break through? What are the, the things we can do to be effective for God's mission? I wonder what gifts God has given you. And I'm sure there are different types of people hearing this message this morning. And I think there are different responses. And there's a story that I want to read to you that I think illustrates this. Let me read it to you. A long, long time ago, there was a king who ruled in a far-off land. And in this land, the people would tend to the various crops and livestock in the land and keep most of it for themselves to eat, enjoy, and sell. Even though they tended to the land, the land and livestock belonged to the king. One day, the king decided he was putting on a huge banquet. He was going to provide the main dish and take care of the decorations. And you can imagine all the trimmings that come on with eating at a palace, let alone at the king's table. The king ordered his chief advisor to send out invitations to four guests from the surrounding lands of his kingdom. In the invitation, he told them to bring a dish to share, a dish that represented what they were looking after, whether it be livestock or crops. The evening of the banquet, the first guests approached the castle walked over the cobblestone bridge, passed the guards through the palace gates, knocked on the large wooden door, and the king himself opened the door and greeted the first guest. The king then revealed a dish of, uh, the, the guest, sorry, then revealed a dish of roasted vegetables, king considered, uh, with carrots, potatoes, cauliflower, and the king exclaimed, thank you for bringing your dish. I'm sure this will go great with the other dishes. The second guest approached the castle, walked over the cobblestone bridge, passed the guards through the palace gates, knocked on the large wooden door, and just like the first guest, the king himself opened the door and greeted the guest. The second guest was empty-handed, but instead exclaimed, thank you for inviting me, king. Where can I sit? He hadn't read the invitation. The king graciously welcomed him in and showed him his seat at the table. The third guest approached the castle, walked over the cobblestone bridge, passed the guards through the palace gates, knocked on the large wooden door. 
Just like the first and the second guest, the king himself opened the door and greeted the guest. The third guest was carrying a large hessian sack with with her with some of the finest bread in the land. The king asked her, what is in the bag? Afraid of what the guests might think, she blushed and said, nothing, and never took the bread out of the bag. The king graciously welcomed her in and showed her to her seat at the table. The fourth guest approached the castle, walked over the cobblestone bridge, passed the guards through the palace gates, knocked on the large wooden door, and just like the other guests, the king himself opened the door and greeted the guests. The guests exclaimed, I'm so thankful to be here. I can't wait to try the food your servants have prepared. The king graciously welcomed her in and showed her to her seat at the table. The guests enjoyed their time in the king's presence. They ate the main dish and the vegetables that the first guests had brought and had a great time. At the end of the evening, the king said to them, I'm so glad you came and joined me at my table, but I was wondering, why didn't you bring your dishes to share? See, sometimes I think we treat spiritual gifts the same way the guests did at the king's banquet. See, the Spirit has given us different gifts to bring to the table, to use in community. And I think we may identify with one of the four guests. Maybe you identify with the first guest who knew um, that he should bring a dish and knew what he could create and he brought his dish to the table to share. And in the same way, like the first guest, you know what your spiritual gifts are. You are confident in walking in them and you're used to it. It's something that's maybe second nature to you. If that's you, well done. Keep walking in that. Maybe you identify with the second guest who didn't read the invitation instructing them to bring a dish to the table. Maybe you are unaware that God has a spiritual gift for you. Maybe this is completely news to you. Or maybe you just don't know a lot about them. Well, I want to encourage you to go on the journey of discovery to work out what your spiritual gift or gifts are. If to do that, you can join our spiritual gifts workshop. You can talk to a pastor. We'd love to help you find out what God has gifted you with. Maybe you identify with the third guest, the girl who brought the bag of bread but was too afraid to open it up and share with everybody else. Maybe you have an inkling, maybe you have an idea that you know what your spiritual gifts are but you're afraid to walk in them. You're just unsure what to do for your next steps. If that's you, would you just um, reach out to one of our pastors if you want help? We'd love to create space for you to be able to walk in your gifts. And lastly, maybe you identify with the last guest who came expectant to receive from the king's servants, who didn't bring a dish to share. Um, And maybe you see church as a place where you come solely to receive in terms of spiritual gifts. You're not thinking about contributing with spiritual gifts. I want to encourage you that God has placed you, he's graced you, and he's gifted you to be part of the body, to be able to share and contribute with the gift he has given you. That's meant to be encouraging for you. I hope that is encouraging. And so if that's you, I just want to encourage you that you're, you're so much more than warming. You, you, you're called to do so much more than warm a seat on Sunday or be a square on a Zoom call. Um, there is a place and space for you to contribute with your gift. The king welcomed all the guests to his table, but all had a potential dish to share and make the banquet so much more. And see, I believe that the Spirit of God has given all believers, you and I, spiritual gifts to use for the benefit of the body of Christ. Be encouraged that He's gifted you a part to play in His body. You have a part to play. You have a dish to bring to His table. 
I'm not just talking about fulfilling a role on a serve team or fulfilling a role on planning center. I'm talking about a divinely given gift given to you by a gracious father. God's grace is upon you. He has gifted you and he wants you to use your gifts. Would you join me as I close in prayer? Father God, I thank you so much for your love and for your grace for each person here. Lord, I pray that you would help us um, to have the boldness and faith to use our gifts, Father. Would you help us to be people that um, go on the journey of discovery, to be confident in our gifts, to know what they are, to, to work on them and to bring them to the table to share, to be people that um, recognize that your spirit is at work in and through our lives. Develop a hunger in us to play a part in your body, to bring a dish to your table, Father, if that's, if that's where we're at, Lord. Would you just guide us with this idea of spiritual gifts? Would you give us the boldness, faith, confidence, and trust in you to, to go on the journey to play our part? Thank you so much for your spirit, God. Would you give us wisdom and clarity as we go on this journey together? In your name, amen. We're going to continue this uh, series next week, looking at spiritual gifts a little bit more. But I want to encourage you, if this is something that is um, spoken to you today and you want to know more about spiritual gifts, you can join the Spiritual Gifts Workshop. The link is in the Zoom chat. It's also on our website homepage. Bless you so much, church. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for tuning in to the Steeple Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged as you listened in. As I said at the top of the podcast, we loved having and hosting you in this way, but we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So please drop us a line via our website or better yet, if you're local to Melbourne, drop in on one of our Sunday gatherings, 10am every Sunday at 208 Whitehorse Road, Vaughan. Peace and love, friends. Have a great week.